Welcome to Philosophy and Faith, where our goal is to help you navigate your intellectual and spiritual journey, especially in regards to topics like God, faith and doubt, meaning and purpose, and more. I'm Nathan Beeson. And I'm Daniel Jepson. And together we discuss the big questions that humans have wrestled with for thousands of years. We're glad you can join us. I was thinking it might be might be helpful just to talk about what philosophy is for one brief episode and then why we should pay attention to it. Yeah, that sounds great. So what what is philosophy? All right. Well, basically it is the love of wisdom. That is what the word actually means. Okay. In real life, you have kind of different ways that the term is used. One are professional philosophers, those people who are usually academics or working in college. And they're writing different papers and they're teaching and they go to conferences a lot. Philosophy for most people just means that we're thinking about the deepest issues of life. So we're, we're trying to understand the meaning of life and not just have it happen to us. Philosophy is the human endeavor where we're asking about the meaning of all that we see around us and all that happens to us. That is at its heart. That's a pretty broad definition. It is. Yeah. And again, you can have more narrow definitions. Philosophy as a academic discipline is obviously much more narrow than that. But philosophy is something that we all do. We're all philosophers in the broadest sense of the term. Question is, are we good philosophers? Are we trying to be consistent? <laughs> are we trying to be open? Um, or are we not living a life that's consistent with what we say we believe in, in inauthentic life? That makes sense. So you, you said the deepest things about life, people who think about the deepest things or have ideas about the deepest things of life. What would some of those examples be? Well, let me, let me back up, just give you a very basic illustration of how we as humans always want to know the why and the, and the meaning of this. Okay. So as a child gets to a certain age, they want to know one answer. One question that they ask again and again is, why? Mm -hmm. uh, your son's too young for that. Mm -hmm. but Not for long. <laughs> that's right. When he gets to a certain age, that will be his question. Why is this happening? So part of philosophy is asking that question. Why is the world the way it is? How did we get here? And related to that is... Is there a God or not? And that would be the issue of metaphysics, which is a very broad term, meaning the things that basically go beyond the physical world or our immediate sense experience. One division of that would be ontology. Sometimes those are used synonymously. Ontology is technically the study of being as being, so like the definition of being. Metaphysics is what is real or what things are. Okay. So very much related. So that's one big issue. Another that comes up is the issue of right or wrong. Mm -hmm. Okay, so one of the first things that we teach our children is that some things are right, some things are wrong. Right. Mm -hmm. and, the, and the child has to assimilate that. Mm -hmm. And for the most part, of course, as a child, a very young child anyway, what's right or wrong or what mom and dad say are right and wrong. But we're never satisfied with that answer, or most people aren't anyway. Well, because you want to ask why. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> why is this wrong or why is this right? Exactly. Yeah. Right. And so that whole area you'd call ethics. Okay. And that's one of the, the major divisions. 
Sometimes that is also subsumed under a broader umbrella term called value theory, which would be what's the value in right and wrong, or what's the valuable moral choice, but also what's valuable in art or politics. And then the, the third major question that philosophy seeks to address is how can we know these things? Mm. So it's fine to, to give our opinion about these things. Yeah. But first of all, can we know the truth about things beyond our immediate sense of experience, or can't we? Related to that, is there an objective truth, or is truth always subjective to each one of us? Yeah. So those aren't the same questions, because there could be an objective truth, but maybe our human minds are not capable of finding that out. Mm, okay, yeah. Then, then the third big question in the area of, of knowledge, technically you call all this epistemology, is what's the best method for determining what is the truth or determining how we can know something is true? Yeah. So there you have the whole fields of, of logic as well as the, the ways of knowing. Like, does intuition count? Does revealed things, things from revealed religion, count as something that's a valid source of our knowledge? So those are the three big issues. And then kind of along with, with all this and undergirding all this, you have a question, and, and that basically is, what does it all mean? I think part of philosophy has to answer that question. What does it all mean? Yeah. You read a child a story, and it's something like a parable. You know, there's a story going on here, and you tell what happened. If the story comes to the end of, okay, this happened, and then this happened, and this, then this happened, but there's no sense that any of it meant anything, that's inherently dissatisfying to us. Yeah. A child may or may not ask a question. But inside them, they're like, okay, but what does it mean? Yeah. So this is a, a space where we want to look at different philosophies, and especially through the, the Christian lens, and evaluate different streams of philosophical understanding. And part of part of the way that we'll evaluate is by asking that why question. Is yeah. that right? Right. We will be asking, basically, which of these viewpoints should we prefer in our own understanding as, as being true? Which is the most intellectually satisfying and humanly satisfying? So not just our mind, but our whole person. So let's talk about this. If you could view philosophy as these different lenses of looking at the world, so they're not only the facts you believe about the world, but it's how you interpret the rest of the facts that you know about the world or the experience in the world. Right, you think of them as lenses or a worldview. It's a set of glasses you put on that helps you decipher what's real. Um, so you've got basically four different, broadly speaking, four different worldviews that we'll talk about in the next episode. But how do you adjudicate between those? How do you decide which one you should prefer? Well, I think there are primarily three tests of worldviews or philosophies. One is, does it correspond with reality mm -hmm. as best we can understand it? 
So does it fit the fact of the world that we live in and how it works? And then secondly, is it internally consistent? Or technically the term is coherence. Do, do the parts cohere together well? Does it, uh, does it fit in? Or does it have parts that contradict other parts of the worldview? Yeah. And then the third is livability. Because philosophy is a human endeavor. It's not a computer activity. It's something that we have to choose to live. So those three tests, does it correspond with facts as best we can see? Is it internally consistent? And is it livable? Those are the three tests of a worldview or a philosophy, in my opinion. The point is not, can one worldview be shown as bulletproof or without any potential problems? The question is, which one of these are you going to end up living with? Which one do you choose? So they're all vulnerable in different areas. But ultimately, the question is, which one do you choose makes the most intellectual sense and the one that you can live with, choose to live with? Nice. Nice. Yeah. Okay, so this podcast is called Philosophy and Faith, and I feel like you're getting at the idea that philosophies have their limitations because we have limitations inherently. We can't know everything with 100% certainty, whether that's reality or whether that's ethics or the, these sorts of things were limited. And so it sounds like philosophy can only take us so far, but maybe that's where the element of faith comes to play. Do you want to speak to that a little bit about maybe the relationship between philosophy and faith and what we're hoping to do in this podcast? Right. Yeah, I would actually, because some people view those two things as opposed to each other, philosophy and faith. I remember once taking an Uber ride to an airport and the driver and I were making conversation and he asked what I did and I told him, well, I was a pastor and sometimes I would also be an adjunct instructor in philosophy. And he got very confused and he said, well, that must be a real challenge to your faith. How could those two go together? And I asked him what it meant. He says, well, you know, philosophy undermines faith. They're like opposites. So I explained to him that in the history of the West, at least, most philosophers have been religious and more specifically Christian. And that at least for me, philosophy built up my, my faith instead of undermined it. And he had never thought of it that way before. But that's one of the things I, we get across. Philosophy and faith are not opposed to each other. There are different ways of thinking through and responding to the world that we find ourselves in. Philosophy can take us a long way in understanding, but ultimately it is something that you choose. No philosophy is so intellectually compelling that you are forced to believe it or else be an irrational person. Each one has their own problems and intellectual limits, and that's hopefully what we're going to talk about and show. Mm -hmm. And because of that, it's not the case that you either believe in philosophy or faith, but you choose to believe a particular philosophy. And at least if that's a religious-based worldview or philosophy, you choose that with your whole person and you try to live that out, which is really what faith is. So how are you defining faith here then? <laughs> All right, yeah, good question. So for me, faith is choosing to believe something with your whole person based upon good reasons, but not certainty. 
So can you give an example of that then? Yeah. Do you believe that George Washington was our first president? I do. Can you prove it? Um, I'd have to appeal to other evidence, like the history books. Right. And the people, the historians who are, that's kind of their right. thing. But even then, I mean, no, nobody's alive now that was alive back then, so. Right. We have no eyewitnesses. We have people who were eyewitnesses at the time who recorded something, but we cannot independently verify that they were telling the truth. Hmm. It's at least conceivable, even though very unlikely, that they all conspired together to tell something false. Yeah. Now, again, that's not likely, but it's conceivable. And that's the point is even about the things of the past that we don't have direct memory of, we are choosing uh, to a degree to trust, which is another word for faith, really. Hmm. We're choosing to trust what we can't prove. Now, those those aren't, neither one of those is a religious example. Exactly. Um, but neither one of those probably affect much of my day-to-day living either. Yeah, and that's a good point. My My point in this is not that religious faith is like believing some historical fact in the sense that it has the same impact upon you, but rather just to illustrate that we have this dynamic of limited knowledge, therefore we have to make a little bit of leap of trust beyond that uh, to, based on what seems reasonable Mm -hmm. all the time. What's different about religious faith are the stakes involved, uh, but not necessarily the methodology. So the stakes are more holistic, this is your entire person. This is going to be kind of what you base your life on if you're at least a certain type of religious person. Yeah, yeah. And probably the other difference as well, I believe religious faith is more of a choice than other types of faith or trust. For example, the illustration about uh, George Washington. You could choose not to believe that, but it's not really likely you're going to do that, and there's not really good reason to do that. But if you've got two competing worldviews about the basic issues of what life means, yeah, and you can't be certain of either one in the absolute sense of the, of the term certain, to some degree, you have a choice. Mm. Which one do you not only think is right, maybe it's a choice also which one you want to be right. Or which one you feel like resonates with the truest part of who you are. Gotcha. Gotcha. That that makes a whole lot of sense. I hope so. And it's helpful to see that faith isn't just something that's restricted to religious areas. Right. That that any kind of history or a lot of this a lot of science or just general ways in which we go about our lives, like when we get behind the car having a faith that we're more likely to be safe behind the wheel of the car than to, you know, like those are, those are decisions made without 100% certainty. Faith is different than knowledge because it's not certain. If I asked you if you believed I was sitting next to you at this table, would you say yes? Yeah. Would that be more of a faith thing or more of a knowledge thing though? I think probably more of a knowledge thing because I can see you right. and Looking I can right smell at you. And <laughs> Hopefully not. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. But I can see and I can hear you and I could touch you if I tried hard enough. Right. And so sometimes I think 
as Christians, especially those who are working in the area of apologetics, they want to get to the point of intellectual certainty because they want to show the reasonableness of Christianity. It's a good goal, but we have to always remember that the goal of the Christian life is not to operate by sight, as St. Paul said, but by faith. And faith means trusting in things that we do not yet see or experience. But that, So that's not counter to reason, but it does go beyond reason in the sense that we, we don't want to be intellectually dishonest or, or we're just oblivious and we aren't paying attention. So we want to think about these things well, but we also have to recognize that we are necessarily limited yes. in what we can know. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Even if you reject the religious point of view, you still have to operate on faith to some degree. For example, to be able to say that the atheistic worldview is true, that the only thing that exists is the natural cosmos and that there is nothing beyond that, you have to believe a couple of things that you can't prove because you there's no way that you could do science on these things. There's no experiments you can make about these things. One, you would have to believe that human knowledge is sufficient to understand that ultimate reality. Well, you can't prove that because the only tool that you have is your own human reason, mm. but that's what you're investigating. It's a circular thing, trying to investigate human reason by human reason. But you'd also have to believe in the eternality of matter, that matter itself is eternal. So the Big Bang gives you a mechanism for how matter evolved into our present universe, but it doesn't give you an explanation for the why something is here rather than nothing, which Heidegger said was the basic philosophical question. Hmm. And it, it, you have to believe, well, apart from evidence, because we have never seen it, that life arose from non-living things by natural processes alone. So those are just three examples. You can't escape faith of some sort by simply abandoning religious belief. At some point, I have to make a choice, and it's not just based on evidence. Gotcha. Gotcha. So we're hopeful that this podcast helps us make informed choices. <laughs> yeah. And we'll, we'll explore this intersection between philosophy and faith, and we'll explore different worldviews and different perspectives. Right. We'll look at those three big categories, the, uh, the metaphysics, the ethics, and the epistemology of each of the four great worldviews. And we, we hope that this is helpful for anybody listening to this, as it's definitely helpful for us. So, Yeah, I enjoy talking about it. I do hope it's helpful for some other people. Cool. All right, that's a wrap. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you hear, click follow or subscribe depending on your platform. Check the notification bell so you're up to date with new episodes and leave us a review. Until next time.